My success I've been able to achieve is because I forced myself into rooms I did not belong in. I forced myself around people that made me scared to death to go say hi to them. Hey, Matt Smith here, All or Nothing in Real Estate. Got a special podcast for you today. Uh, we did a webinar on uh, with a couple of my business partners on the value of coaching, mentorship, on being in alignment with the right people. We talked about uh, lead generation, the importance of knowing your numbers, and we ended it with three closes that I guarantee will help you close more deals, set more appointments, and make more money. It's a good one. Take a listen. Let me know what you think. All right. Well, guys, we got people already in here. Um, I'm sure if there are anything like my real estate agents and like myself, they'll be on 5, 10, 15 minutes late. That's on time. But um, let's respect the time of those that showed up um, and uh, let's let's give them some value. So um, I'm going to do a quick intro. Uh, this is a webinar that we're doing on a weekly basis um, as a value add. It's one of the things that we came together and said, uh, we're, we're like-minded thinkers. We know a lot of other people that we're in business with that we know throughout the industry that uh, want to share value and help other people. And so we just wanted to um, get together and brainstorm and share value and demonstrate um, some things that are working maybe in our marketplace and our businesses so other people can thrive as well. Um, so Todd and Gina are from, what part of Florida are you from? We're in St. Petersburg, Tampa Bay area. St. Petersburg. And Todd looks like that's maybe Hawaii somewhere behind him. Not really sure what beach that is. <laughs> Clearwater yeah, Beach. Yeah. yeah. I decided to join you guys from the beach today. Yeah. So um, this is this is 100% value add, guys. Please feel free to use the chat if you have questions. We want this to be interactive. This is designed as value for you. You spend your valuable time listening to us, and we want to demonstrate the value that you want. So one of the things we're going to be um, rolling out in this uh, series is a Q&A type. And so if you guys can tell us what it, what you're struggling with in your business currently, something that you're struggling with, a pain point, something that says market has shifted, maybe you want some insight or some adjustments, maybe we can help you with that. Please feel free to share here. Um, if there's questions on a process or prospecting or open houses or marketing, there's nothing off limits. We are doing this as a value add. So please feel free to ask if you have any of those questions. Um, without further ado, let's just dive in. Let's start with some value. Um, Todd, you want to kick us off? Uh, sure. I want to get back to the beach and, and put some suntan lotion on here in a minute. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. <laughs> so right. um, uh, for those of you that weren't on a couple of weeks ago, I'm a, I'm a fairly new agent. I've been doing this for a little over a year. Um, I've been an agent in the kind of by default in the background. My wife's a 29-year veteran of the, of the industry. Um, so I've been in the background doing that. So I learned by osmosis through her. But I want to talk to you guys today about education and um, the value of education in your business and how different ways you can obtain the education that you might need and the different ways, things like that. So uh, because I knew I was going to be talking about this, I, I Googled um, forms of education. And like you can expect, the, the normal things came up. Um, early childhood education, primary education, secondary education higher secondary education like college or post-secondary education, such as a master's degree or, or a doctorate or something like that. Um, so you've got your formal education, which is classroom or your online education, um, which a lot of people had to do during COVID because no one was going to class. Um, but if we can think outside the box here a little bit and think of other ways that you can learn things, other ways that you can access knowledge from other people. Um, we got things like reading books, um, listening to podcasts, um, watching videos, um, attending a mastermind like this. Hey, how about that? Um, you can gain knowledge like that. Um, you can attend events where there's different people speaking that you enjoy listening to. Um, you can do shadow training if you're a newer agent and have never done an open house. You know, you can ask a more experienced agent if you can shadow them during an open house or if you've never um, gone out and shown anybody property you can ask to shadow an agent and learn the way they interact um, with their clients or customers and that's another way to gain knowledge um, you can um, hire a coach um, I'm going to turn that over to Matt here after a while but there's there's a lot of things you can learn from having a coach who teaches you and pushes you uh, to do the right things and do the right activities you can attend seminars and where you learn a lot of stuff. You can attend networking events. Um, it's amazing what you can learn attending a networking event 
um, just by watching how other people interact and what they talk about and how they present themselves and the confidence they portray, portray by being in front um, of other people. Um, you can learn a lot by, by the internet, just by Googling certain things. Um, you can even learn things on Facebook because as we all know, nothing's on Facebook or the internet if it's not true, right? So there's a lot of stuff that's on there. It's always true if it's if it's on the internet. Um, um, but, um, you know, you learn what you do. This kind of reminds me, um, you can learn what not to do as well. Um, I, I used to coach a lot of high school age kids in baseball. I knew a lot of those high school age kids were going to go on and they wanted to be high school coaches or be college coaches. So I always told them, even while we're playing a game, watch the other coach on the other side of the field. Watch how they do things. Watch, watch how they um, interact or treat the umpires. Watch how they treat their own players. Are they constantly yelling? Are they full of encouragement? You can learn what to do just as easily as you can learn what not to do and how to treat other people. And then you can learn the same what not to do with shadowing someone else as well, because you can see how they interact with people or they may just never um, shut up while they're at an open house and they don't allow their people a chance to talk and answer any questions. And you can learn what not to do in those same situations. Um, but I really want to kind of talk about books and events. Um, because you, you may read a book this year or attend an event this year, and then um, events are events run in cycles. You can attend the same type of event, a similar event, um, three or four times in the same year. Just like reading a book multiple times throughout your life, if you attend those events or read those books multiple times, you know you're not the same person that you were first time you read that book. You're not the same person you were the first time you attended that event. Hopefully you're growing as a person. You're, you're becoming a better version of yourself. And each time you read that book or each time you attend that similar event, you're going to gain new knowledge that you didn't hear the first time because you didn't have the opportunity to grow to that point where you could learn more. Um, I also heard um, Leah and Gina two weeks ago talking um, on, this, on this Zoom meeting about how important it was to surround yourself with the right people. And that goes with your education as well. Um, if you're shadowing, if you're, if you've hired a coach, um, if you've got a mentor, um, it's important to surround yourself with the right people. They're going to teach you the right way and the right people that have your similar morals and have similar ethics that you have, because you're going to learn from them a whole lot easier than you're going to learn from someone that you don't see eye to eye with. Um, that being said, a coach is there to push you. So you may not always see eye to eye with them as well. Um, also, some of us may have experienced this more than others, but um, sometimes that training, education, seminars, coaching, whatever it is you're doing, sometimes it's not for you. Think about this. Sometimes it's, if you're a team leader like Matt and Leah have a team, um, sometimes that knowledge you're gaining, even though you're learning it, sometimes it's not for you. Sometimes it's for the people that you're leading. So it's important you gain that knowledge so you can pass it on to other people. Um, I think it's important that um, everybody needs to realize we all learn differently. So I want to encourage you to find a few ways that you learn best and stick with those, whether it's um, seminars or books. Um, I remember, again, I'm going to go back to my coaching. Um, I used to watch other coaches try and teach, you know, 10 or 15 kids on the field the exact same way to do something. They wanted them all to throw the same way. They wanted them all to hit the same way. They wanted them all to feel the same way. It's important to realize that we all learn in different ways. We all have our own um, set of strengths and weaknesses or skill sets. So we all learn differently. So if, if books or podcasts are the, are the way that you gain knowledge and absorbs in your head the best, stick with those ways. You know, if whatever brokerage you have, that's another way to gain knowledge, Whatever brokerage you're with, if they are offering you classes, whether they're online classes or videos or in-person classes, I'm going to highly encourage you guys to attend some of those classes. If you're a newer agent and they're offering you classes on how to fill out the contract, or they're offering you classes on ethics and morals, take those classes. Um, if you've got a title company that's offering, offering classes on what goes on behind the scenes at title, take those classes so you can gain more knowledge. If you have a inspection company that's putting on a class on teaching you what they look for in an inspection. This again, I'm kind of speaking to the newer agents. People like Matt and Gina knows what goes on there. 
But if you're a newer agent, you have no clue what goes on in an inspection or what the inspectors are looking for, learn from them because that'll help you better provide value to your clients as well. Um, uh, one of my one of my favorite and uh, a really good friend and one of my mentors um, used to say all the time, you know, we live in a copycat society um, and it's er, er, you know, everything's on video now. Everybody's copying people doing things on video. Um, um, it's really important. So lean into this next this next sentence. I'm going to tell you, pay attention to this sentence. This may be the most important thing I've said. Again, we live in a copycat society, but it's really important you copy the right cat. So that goes out to you, Justin Prince. I know you're not listening, but that goes out to you. I think that's so important. Copy the right cat. There's people out there doing things Dude, right. I love that. There's people doing things wrong. Make sure you're copying the right people. So um, you guys got anything to add to add or anybody have any questions before I turn it over? Back to you, Matt, to talk about coaching. Yeah, so I think that's great stuff, Todd. Um, I want to add uh, a few things. Um, I took a lot of notes. Um, I want to I want to hit on the why behind everything that you said. So you talked a lot about coaching, you talked about networking, about training, about self-development, all of those are crucial, right? But I think um, we need to understand why, why is it, how is that relevant to real estate? Well, if you become better, you're gonna produce better, right? It is, success is an internal job. You can't, you can't rely on the economy, you can't rely on the interest rates, you can't rely on the inventory in order to be successful in life and real estate. If you become the best version of yourself and work on that every single day, that's where success comes from. And I love a lot of what you said is uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of my environment. My success I've been able to achieve is because I forced myself into rooms I did not belong in. I forced myself around people that made me scared to death to go say hi to them. I forced myself to learn and fill my head with knowledge and execute on that knowledge and implement those things and learn from mistakes and learn by doing. And I think it's so, so powerful that your experiences, what your experiences teach you in life and especially in real estate. And what you said is that there's so we're in a copycat society. Like I'm the chief R&D. I use R&D all the time, rip off and duplicate. I find this guy's idea, that girl's idea, this team's idea, and I put my spin on it, put all three of those together and make it my own. Like that's that's where we developed a lot of our systems and a lot of our processes. And so it starts with surrounding yourself with the right people. One of the things I talk about all the time as I, I am a, a real estate coach, I'm privileged to be a Cheplak uh, Live Select coach. Um, it's one of my passions. I love helping people. It's kind of what led to some of this. And one of the things that I love is being able to share experiences on things that I've actually done, not things that I think about or I read about. It's not theory, it's proven. And it's so, in today's society, there's Instagram entrepreneur everywhere, right? They go rent a car, take a picture, and they go sell you, say how they're going to teach you how to be a millionaire. And the only reason they're a millionaire is because they sold you a course on how to be a millionaire. They never really built anything. And so what I love about what, what Todd is talking about is if you follow the right people that have actually done the work, actually learned the lessons, actually built the systems, actually built the processes, like it makes success so much easier. It reminds me of about, I guess it's almost five years now, about five years ago when I joined um, EXP Realty. One of the reasons that I joined was because of the financial alignment that it allowed for me and my business. I was at a point where I wanted to grow and scale. And in my small market, we had already scaled bigger than a lot of people thought that we could. And I couldn't find those other giants, those other people that I could model something after. And so I had to expand my horizons. And EXP was a great way to be in financial alignment with a lot of amazing people that we're still in business with that have given me those playbooks, given me those tricks, given me those tips to allow me to skip some of the steps in the success process. And that's what's allowed us to grow and scale so quickly. And so um, there's so much, so much uh, power to that. There's one more thing I want to mention um, is that you mentioned reading books. Here's where I think a lot of people go wrong. They want to gather all this information. And they want to gather it from every different other source instead of gathering that one thing and putting that one thing to action. So if I were to ask you, would you rather read 100 books one time? or one book 100 times, which one of those are gonna to lead to more success? 
by far. I will bet you any amount of money. The person that reads that one book 100 times is going to dominate the person that reads 100 books one time. It's about mastery and it's about knowing what you're doing in the subtleties and the nuances of, of this business will help, help you achieve massive, massive success. Gina, do you have anything that you wanted to add to that? And you said a lot of it. What I was just, um, you know, making sure that you, you are following the right people and getting that information. So yeah, I don't think I have anything else I want to add. You guys covered all that. Awesome. And, and guys, please feel free in the Q&A in the chat. If you have questions, that's what we're here for. That's one of the things. That's why I love that topic, that topic, because that's what we're doing here is we want to be those people. We want to be that go to for you. if You have those questions to help you through that. If we don't if we don't know it, we know someone that does and we can absolutely help work, help work through those issues with you. Exactly. And make sure when you respond, hit change it um, to everyone and so just the host and panelists so that everyone sees your comments or posts because I forgot to change it. <laughs> I think that's just a us setting, not them. <laughs> Love it. Todd's going to have to teach you how to work technology. Since I know, I know. He's, he's, he's mastering it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, I got, I got one more thing real quick, Matt. You might maybe think of something. You know, you're talking about reading the books and putting it into action. Um, did you hear about the the five seagulls who were sitting on the on the on the walkway over looking over the ocean? And and they were all looking there thinking, and all five of them decided to that they were gonna fly away. So how many seagulls are still sitting there? Five. All five, because nobody took action. They're all still sitting there. They all thought about it, but they didn't take action. You've heard that joke before, Gina. You couldn't answer. <laughs> it's the same way. You can do all this education, you can learn all this stuff. But if you don't put it into action, it really doesn't do you any good. So you, you made me think about that with some of the stuff you said there, Matt. Well, that, that goes into another quote that I love is real training doesn't happen in the classroom. Real training happens on the field. That's where you learn. Like I have people all the time. They're like, Matt, tell me what's your favorite lead source. Tell me what this like. They're just they're asking me questions. Which I love. I love that people are reaching out to help, but they're asking the wrong question. There is no magic bullet. There is no magic pill. Matt, give me your give me your secret to success. It's trial and error. It's don't go this way, go that way. When you go that way, do it this way, right? And like, there's 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 just no secret to to success. You have to put in the work. You have to be willing to go all in, and it's going to embrace. There's a phrase that I use. I call it aggressive patience. You have to be patient because success doesn't happen overnight. You have to be patient, but you have to be aggressive in that pursuit of patience. What I mean is that you have to every single day wake up and be better, the best version of yourself that you can be. If you can get 1% better each and every day, it makes a massive difference. 37 times difference in a year's time. You can be 37 times better than the person you are today if you get 1% better each day. Think about that. What would your income be if it was 37 times in the next year? You have that control. All you have to do is be 1% better today. But what happens is we get in our own way. We overcomplicate it. We want to take shortcuts. Sometimes it's about just doing the work, putting one foot in front of the other and following the right people. I think that's crucial too. Um, I, I would be, I would be very, um, I would be mistaken to not mention the people that have helped me get to where I've gotten, um, being in partnership with Adam Bailey, Jeff Willems, um, some of my coaches throughout the years, John Cheplak now, um, like being a part of those networks, being a part of those those masterminds, those conversations, them sharing their wisdom with me has really helped me take those steps. And it's honestly encouraged me to do things like this, to give back to others, to help them take those steps. Um, and so it's just reach out, reach out to people. The people that are truly successful, that have truly done it, want to help you. I promise. So there's not a magic um, lead source. Speaking of magic lead sources, um, so, uh, guys, I, I, I'm a terrible host. I meant to talk about the topics at the beginning. Um, so, um, so Todd's going to talk about the value of education, coaching, and networking, which he already covered. Um, Gina wants to share a little bit about lead generation. She wants to share not about, about, about her magic lead source and the magic lead source that you can get to make all this money in real estate. And then I'm going to close it up with, I'm going to give you three proven closes Closing statements, how to articulate them, how to say them, that I guarantee you will get you more more appointments and more closings. I guarantee you they will work. Um, and not it's 
not everyone knows what they are. There's there's a lot of magic to them. So that's what we're going to share. Um, speaking of magic lead sources, Gina's yeah, going to so, let us so know. So there's not one? because I, I don't I, know. I, you tell me. <laughs> the one you're going to work is the one that's the magic one. <laughs> right? That's right. Can I share my screen? You should be able to. Okay, awesome. Um, so I'm going to put up a formula here. So one of the things that I think you really need to know is you need to know how many leads you need to contact daily. And you, there's a formula to break that down. So I'm just going to share my screen here, hopefully. Maybe. Can we teach you how to do that? No. Maybe not. Here it is. Okay, hang on. Nope, that's not it. Hang on one second. I'm going to go on to here. Let's go ahead and talk about leads for a minute, Matt, while I figure this out. Yeah, so guys, that's the number one question I get. As a real estate coach, as a team leader, as as just someone who is constantly um, sharing sharing uh, value out in the real estate world, um, I get a lot of questions about, Matt, what lead source should I use? Which one is working? And um, there's a lot of science that goes into that, right? But there's there's just not one size fits all. It depends on your market. Depends on your your budget. Depends on your follow up. It depends on your skills. It depends on like how how soon you need that business. Like there's there's middle of the funnel, there's bottom of the funnel, there's top of the funnel leads, and it just depends on how well you nurture them and um, how well you work those lead sources. There there is no one size fits all depending on the marketplace. Some people absolutely crush it with Zillow. Some people have never sold a Zillow house and they're spending thousands of dollars a month. Right. It just kind of depends on. Um, there's a rather than as a matter of fact, I'm going to drop some. I'm going to drop some value here. So if you want to learn about lead sources, you want to learn about marketing. Um, I've got a podcast called All or Nothing in Real Estate. I did one with Grant Wise. The dude blew me away. I have a marketing brain, but he's 10x above and beyond my capacity, and he shared so much value on marketing, building a sales process, building a sales system, and your CRM, how to follow up. And there's tons of gold there for you guys to go check out. I highly recommend you go check it out. It's called All or Nothing in Real Estate. So I think, yeah, it's an excellent podcast. He has a lot of great guests on there and, and adds a lot of value there. So um, I listened to it while I'm working out, Matt. Um, so uh, the one thing I think you need to know is whatever lead source that you're using, you need to figure out, first of all, you need should know how much you want to make for every year. And you need to know your average commission. So I'm just going to use round numbers and all of this and to figure out how many contacts you're going to have to make every day. So I think it's one that's the, the main thing you need to know. So I put up the formula here and you can kind of just go through it. I'm going to use just um, say you want to make $100,000 a year. OK, and um, we have about 58 percent uh, of the year left. So we're going to figure out how much you need to make for the rest of the year. So that's about 58,000. And we'll hopefully you've hit the rest of that or exceeded that for the beginning of the year. And so average commission, I'm just going to take a $100,000 house. I don't know if you can still get one of those in Missouri or not, Matt, but. You cannot. <laughs> um, and we're going to say your average commission is 6000 So, um, yeah, if you take that $58,000 you want to make for, by the end of the year, divide that by 6000 you need to have 9.6 sides. That makes sense. Yep. Okay, so we're going to round that up to ten because you, I don't think you can get a point six sides, and um, we're going to divide that in half. So you have five buy sides, five listing sides, and so see how many appointments you need to go on for listings. So if you have um, need five listings, let's say you're a newer agent, you need to go on double that for your appointments. So we're going to need to go on um, seven listing. You need seven listings because only 35. Sorry, let me go back. So you need um, five listings and part of those aren't going to sell. So we're going to take that times 0.35. So that's going to say you need 6.75 listings. So we're going to round that to seven. And you're not going to get part of those listings. So I'm going to put this up here and we'll share this with you guys too, because I know it's kind of confusing going through it. Um, so you need seven listings and part of those aren't going to sell. We're going to say half or your part of those you're not going to get. I'm sorry. 
So we're going to go on 14 listing appointments. We're going to double that so that you get seven appointments, seven listings. So at, out of those 14 appointments, say you get the seven listings, okay? So to get those 14 appointments, you got to make some contacts, right? So to get those 14 appointments, let's say you have, out of every 75 contacts you made, you get one contact that actually answers the phone. So to add that all up, so that's out of 75 contacts, you get one that answers the phone, one appointment. So out of those 14, take that times the 75, which gives you 1,050 contacts you need to make to get those 14 appointments. I know that's really confusing going through it in live and I totally screwed it up, but <laughs> um, well, like I said, we'll share this with you guys. So if you make 1,050 contacts between now and December 31st, how many do you need to make per day? Well, first of all, you got to figure out how many days you're going to work between now and the end of the year. So if you're not going to work Saturdays and Sundays, or maybe you've got a vacation in, in there, I just put in how many days I have left to work between now and the end of the year. It's 154 because I've got some vacation time scheduled in there. Um, and out of that, I need to make at least seven contacts a day. So does that sound a little bit easier if you only have to make seven contacts a day compared to 1,050 contacts? I love how you break that down per day. I love it. Yeah, well, it kind of sounded really confusing, at least in my head, and I'm sure it did to you all too. So but let's let's reverse that. Let me let me help simplify it because I, I understand where your where your brain's going, and I love it. And I think this is super helpful. So let's reverse. So you did it backwards, right? So let's do it. Forward. I did it backwards. So what you're saying, and that's how you have to do it. That you have to start with the end in mind, right? And right. But what Gina is saying, if you make if you have seven contacts per day, that will equal whatever a contacts per month, which equals however many app listing appointments per month per per year right? Which equals how many closings and how much dollars per year. So right. I think what she is breaking down here is the importance of realizing that as a real estate agent, you are, you have a business and you the key to business is knowing your numbers and you need to, most real estate agents go around guessing and they're shooting at a moving target. Well, if someone calls, I might answer. Like you have to be on offense. You have to be proactive and you have to know what your numbers are, what your metrics are. And so you can also identify those gaps. Right. So as an example, if I was coaching Gina and she was um, she's like, I'm making 10 contacts a day and I'm way behind on my appointments. Well, that uh, that shows me a gap that she needs either she's contacting the wrong people or she doesn't have the skill set or the scripts to actually close for the appointment. Yeah. So and I think you have to keep track of like it's really hard to keep track of how many appointments and stuff you're making, especially if you're not using like a, a Vulcan seven or some kind of dialer or something that's going to keep track of those for you. So I think you need to, to have like, this is a paper sheet that you can use and I can share this with people. So down here at the bottom, here's just, you know, every time someone answers the phone and the contact is any live answer. So if it's an answering machine, if it's a wrong number or whatever, that is just something that, um, you know, you can count as, as one of your contacts. So you're just trying to get to the yes. So it may take you, like I said, the 75 calls to get to the one, but here's just, Right down here at the bottom is just keeping track of your live answers so you can get those. And then hours prospected per day. I'd highly recommend you start at eight o'clock in the morning, whether you're going to do an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever it's going to take for you to get your seven contacts a day. And then you can just tally, just keep little tally marks on listing appointments, listings taken. Um, if you have any expired listings, canceled listings, this is just a way for you to keep it manually. Um, there are some actual, you know, digital trackers and things that you can get to help you track those items. Um, and I'm sure, you know, we can help you find that also if you prefer a digital form or we'd be happy to share this with you all as well. So just want to give you, you know, or if you're just, if you don't want to do this, just keep it little tally marks on a sheet of paper, you know, however you need to do it to, to make it work for you because everybody's a little bit different on making it work. Then I want to share one more thing with you because I also think you need to know your market. And this isn't my sheet. I, like I said, I rip, rip off and duplicate this little Excel spreadsheet. Um, is I need to, you need to know your market. So when you're making these calls and people ask you, you know, how many days on market is average for your area or how many, what's the average sales price or whatever, I think you need to track it if, 
at the beginning, possibly daily, especially if you're new. Um, and then later on, you can just do this weekly, but you need to know how many active listings in your market, how many new listings came on the market. This, this is weekly. So this week, the price changes, how many sold, how many expired, how many pending, how many days on market. And then I think you also need to know maybe, maybe an add in here, how many um, pending days till pending it went on market or went pending. How many days on market till it went pending? There we go. Um, and then you can figure out, because our market is mostly single family homes and condos. Um, I know the one I sold this from, they had land, multifamily, um, commercial, different things. We don't work those. So we just have single family homes and condos. So you got to figure and it you out. You just grab that from the MLS weekly, Gina, and put it in this um, spreadsheet or what do you guys do? Yes. Very Actually, cool. you can, it'd be beneficial, I think, to you at the beginning to do it daily. But yeah, you can do a seven day, at least on our MLS. And I think on yours too, Matt, because you guys use Stellar, right? Uh, it's Matrix. Matrix, yeah. Yep, that's what we use as well. Sellers are local. But yeah, so that's what we use as well. And you can change it from 24 hours to one day to three days to seven days on your market search and the front page of your, your MLS. And I'm sure others have something similar to that. You can just pull this data from and just log it so that you have it and you know it. Because the questions you're going to get from some of these leads when you're calling them could possibly be, well, what's the average days on market? What's your average sales price? So there you have it for the market. And if you want to farm a certain area, even, um, and those are the neighborhoods you're going to be calling to doing your lead generation, then know the numbers for those neighborhoods as well. Maybe we'll have another session on farming. Yeah, I think we should. I love that. So... This is your active listings, and then down here is the sold, and it's just um, you know the same information. Let me just scroll over here a little bit. So same information: single family sold, closed, average price, average percent of list to sell, days on market, how many expired you've had. So I love it. It's good stuff. Know your numbers. Know your market. Stay on top of everything. Well, I think, yeah, that's so relevant. Knowing your numbers for yourself or your business is crucial, but I love that you put market stats in there. I think that goes, um, most people assume, like I just assume that it's a part of everyone's business, but like you just taught me something. Um, and so like, I, I'm going to get better at knowing those numbers because it, it what happens is as this market adjusts and shifts, especially while this economy is changing, every market is changing quickly. And we are relied upon to be the experts. Right. Have agents that are like uh, that I hear all the time, like, "What? Well, I just can't get any buyers that are interested in buying right now. They're waiting for this. They're waiting for that. Or my sellers aren't. They're going to sell once this happens. But in reality, are we just going to sit around and wait, or are we going to be educated enough where we can inform them and educate them on what is actually going on in the market so that they can make a smart decision, an informed and educated decision, versus listening to, um mainstream media on what's going on in the real estate market. Yeah. Right? If they're listening like, to mainstream media, it's telling it's doom and gloom. And I'm yeah. telling you right now, we're multiple offers still. So, yeah. you know, yep. you're, you're not getting the, um, our market's not declining. No, it's <laughs> home values are still going up. Inventory is still going down. Like it's, it's interest rates. I just had a team coaching call with uh, one of my good friends and mentors, coach pipes. And he was talking to us about a new script that he's rolling out um, about the, uh, about what's going on with interest rates and they're projected to drop. They're going to be dropping very soon, right? Like that's the projections. And so like, but how many of your buyers and how many of your sellers know that right now? Every single person that you're following up with, that's in a nurture status, a follow-up status in your database, in your CRM should know that information and should know that so that they can make an educated and informed decision. What we, what we have gotten in the habit of as real estate agents is we become reactive. We wait on the clients to reach out to us. That's what the pandemic market created. The agents that are winning right now are the ones that are being proactive. And they are educating and informing and providing so much value above and beyond that is helping the buyers and sellers make an educated and informed decision. Like that is your duty and your responsibility as a real estate agent in this market. So I love that. It's great stuff. Okay. Very cool. All you.
Todd, do you have anything to add to that? Um, knowing your numbers, knowing your market, any of that? No, I was just curious. Gina used a number that was um, had something to do with if you're on vacation or you got, you got some time out and remove those those days from your thing. When do I get days off? You don't. Apparently, I don't get That's days another off. subject. <laughs> do I have to have so many years in before I get a day off? I'm just curious exactly. how this works. Okay. Exactly. All right. All right. <laughs> I love it. Um, so there's another thing that I was going to mention, and, and Gina, if you'll share those documents, I'll put that out with the replay for everyone that, okay. uh, that registered. Um, but there's another thing that that reminded me of is so many agents don't know where to start in the business, right? And this is this is kind of off topic, but this is how mastermind goes, right? Like it just co comes to mind, and I want to share is if you're an agent and you're thinking, well, what do I need to do today? First and foremost, you need to spend a minimum, a minimum of ten minutes educating yourself on the real estate market, both local, national, interest rates, what's whatever's going on, 10 minutes a day. If you can't give me 10 minutes a day educating yourself on your profession, then just, just quit now. Just get out of the way, let the professionals take over, right? Like that's, that is a requirement in my opinion. You need to be the educated agent in today's marketplace. You need to know what you're doing. You need to know what the market's doing. You need to be educated. Some resources for that, Keeping Current Matters is a great resource. Um, your local MLS has all those stats like Gina just shared. You should absolutely know that. Um, I love doing that daily. Um, that's something I'm gonna add to my routine is I'm gonna go through that daily just to know the changes and the nuances in the marketplace. Um, also, you need to be prospecting. As a real estate agent, you have to prospect, right? That's just part of it. And prospecting is part of what Gina was talking about, knowing her numbers with the contacts. There's a difference in prospecting and follow-up. This is where people get confused. One hour prospecting means calling people that you have generated as leads that you have not set an appointment with or built a relationship with yet. Prospecting is having new opportunities. You also need, in addition to prospecting, you need an hour of follow-up. Now, follow-up is with people you've already spoken with, you've had conversations with, but they're just not ready to make a decision yet. Most real estate agents discount that part. They're like, well, they're not ready. They're not interested. We're all, we're a most leads generated. I heard a stat, 98% of home buyers and sellers start their search, start their process online, 98%. You know what the average conversion time of an online lead is? 12 to 18 months, 12 to 18 months. And so tell me again, how this is a junk lead that I don't need to follow up with whenever I called them in the first five minutes and they said, oh, I'm not ready to buy or sell yet. And I'm surprised. Of course they're not. But if I can educate them, I can inform them, I can build a relationship and I can have a proper follow-up cadence and to demonstrate value, demonstrate that I'm the market expert when they are ready to make that decision, who do you think they're going to work with? Like that's how you build a sustainable long-term business. That's where you really, really grow a business. You guys have anything to add to that? I think the one thing you said about um, your MLS has all that data. So if you just rely, though, on your MLS data, they send out the at the beginning of the month or whatever for the the month before you're you're lagging behind. You're not current. So I think that's what's so good about the spreadsheet is that you're staying up to date on exactly what is happening that previous week instead of the month behind. So because it's changing daily right now. So just staying up to date. I love it. Matt, I love that you made the distinction between. Um, prospecting and follow-up. I think everybody lumps that all into one category and uses that same time. Um, and they call it all prospecting. But I love the way you divided that up and made a very distinct difference in that, talking about that. It made a lot of sense to me. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad it did. I hope it helps you in your business. I hope it helps others listen, uh, listening as well. Um, like here's an example. We just did Monday Mayhem on our team. And right now our market's down. Um, the new month is not out yet. It, I'll check that data tomorrow. But as of last month, we were down about 30, 35%. We set in four days, 158 appointments as a team. We set 300 and 388 at all, all last month. 388 appointments set. First time appointments set with buyers and sellers in one month. While the market is down, 35%. 85 plus percent of those were follow-up focused. 
what happens is we fall into the trap of we want these new leads, these new leads, these new leads, and we forget about the people that we've been nurturing that have been in our database. And if you have a marketing machine, which we can help you develop, reach out if you want some, um, maybe we do a webinar on that, on how to build that machine that markets in the background to create those hand raisers. Uh, because we create a thousand-ish, um, right now, a thousand-ish leads per month, um, but we created 3,000 opportunities last month, meaning hand raisers, in addition to those thousand leads. And to me, the best lead is the one that's already been in the database. They've already been remarketed on our social media through our video content, through our educational stuff, through our market updates. They've already been um, in our email marketing with all of that value. They've already gotten our listing alerts. They're already getting phone calls and value from us on a consistent basis. And then they're from the dreamer phase to, hey, I'm ready to actually make a move phase. And they raise their hand again because of our marketing. Which lead would you want? The brand new that's just kind of thinking about it or the one that's been incubating and they come back and raise their hand again. That's where follow-up is. And that's where the magic is. And that's that's where we we found tremendous success in that. So um, I highly recommend everyone separates those two. You have to understand, just as important as knowing your numbers, like Gina said, you have to master your database as well. And you have to know who you're calling, what your intention is to call, and what value you can add to the relationship every single time. I could go on a tangent on follow-ups. Um, I'll save that for another, another time. Um, <laughs> but I'll just make it short and sweet. Don't ever call someone and say, hey, Todd, I'm just calling to follow up. Guys, that's, that doesn't work. That's, that's, that's dead. That is not how you become a salesperson. That's not how you provide value. That's not how you lead people through the buy and selling process. You have to have value to add. All right, so I'm going to jump into, um, I don't say this very often. I don't use this word because I don't like people that overpromise and underdeliver. I'm the exact opposite, but I'm so confident in this. I'm going to tell you this right now. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you pay attention to this next 10-ish minutes, you will sell more real estate. You can't help. If you pay attention to this, you actually apply what you learned, you will sell more real estate, period. You will set more appointments. You will help more people. You will make more money. Most real estate agents fail on the close. You're on the phone. You're face-to-face. -face, you're ready to make an offer. Wherever it is, they stumble on the close because we as human beings have a fear of rejection. We have a fear of, well, this one time, there's this guy named Todd that really got mad at me and hung up me on the phone when he was a lead. Right. Like we, we get stuck in that. Well, what if that happens again? And so we allow that to become what holds us back from saying the closing or saying the script, how we know we need to say it, because one time it backfired on us. Let me give you an example. I had a newer agent on the team that we were doing some scripting, we we're doing some role playing. Um, and she was prospecting. I was walking by and I overheard her on the phone. She was following the script. She was doing great. Brand new agent. She was doing great, following the script. She's having a great conversation. She got to the close. She tweaked the, the end statement. She just tweaked it. She changed it just a little bit and didn't set the appointment. Like I would have bet a thousand bucks walking by that she would have set that appointment, right? Like it was going that well. Um, but she changed the end and she didn't ask for the business in the right way. And so she did not get the appointment. So all that time is now wasted. She's defeated. Oh, these leads suck. This, just whatever we talk to ourselves in that negative mind space. So I went down and had a conversation with her and we, we, had a, we had a discussion. I said, tell me what went wrong, what went well in the conversation. Like I, I overheard you say this, overheard you say that, this went well, that went well. Um, and I said, what do you think went wrong? She said, well, they just weren't ready to meet. I said, that could be it. But what if you actually would have said the closing, how it was meant to be said? She said, well, I don't talk that way. I said, okay. And like, I sometimes I'm a bit direct. And so um, I'll role play with Todd and be like, okay, Todd, I completely understand. That's not how Todd talks. But how many appointments has Todd set today? The way that Todd talks, how many appointments has he set today? Oh, he set zero. What if Todd were to talk this way and to set five appointments? Could you talk that way then? Right? Like that. Did, so like yeah. that, yeah. So that's the conversation that we had. Um, and so and it, it, it came from pure, hey, I just want to help you. And so all it was, was literally, I'm going to give you the exact close and then I'm going to, I'm going to break this down into three different ways. But this was a follow-up conversation. And this is the close to the follow-up script that is gold. So fortunately, to get you one step closer to your new home, to selling your home, to buying your home, to moving to this area, whatever their situation is, all we need to do is set up a quick 15-minute strategy session so that myself and my team can help you get what you want and the time you want. Won't that be great? 
that's it. And then you shut up. So anyway, we had this discussion. We role played that a couple of times and she went back to hammering the phones. She came running to me two minutes later. She said, oh my God, Matt, oh my God, it worked, it worked. I'm like, what worked? She's like, I just set an appointment. I'm like, awesome, great job. I said, what, what went different? She said, well, I just stuck to the script. She said, I said, won't that be great? She said, sure enough, he said, word for word, yes, that will be great. Right, like it's, it's just how you position and frame those things make a massive difference. Um, and so just make sure that you pay attention to how you're closing. I see agents fall short on this all the time. They, they do so well. They have a great conversation. And anytime they get a little nervous, they lack a little confidence in the closing, they fall short. And if you don't have the confidence and you don't believe that this is going to help them, if you don't, first and foremost, if you don't believe that this 15 minute strategy session is important for them, that you can help them through this strategy session, then it's never going to work. But go back to what Gina said. If you know your numbers, you know your market, you can provide tremendous amount of value in that 15-minute strategy session. Most people just need help building a plan. We as real estate agents fall into the trap of we're just door openers. That's not how you make money in this business. You have to make sure that you're providing value, you are being the resource, and you are being the profession. Gina, do you have something you want to say? No, I'm good. Okay. You're good. Awesome. Um, so guys, that that close is amazing, but there's three. So I'm going to share three rock star sales closes. Number one, this is pretty easy, but I see people not use it a lot. You've probably all heard of this. And so hopefully be an aha for everyone. It's called the alternative choice close. What works better for you? Mornings or afternoons? What works better for you? Two or 3 p.m.? Do not say, hey, I'm actually free this afternoon. What time works for you? Don't give them free reign. You're the professional. You got to control your schedule. We talked about it two weeks ago. Time management is crucial in this business. And also, productive people want to work with productive people. Productive people buy and sell real estate. And they want to work with someone who's, who is busy, who has a schedule, who shows up promptly, who does all those things and helps them through the process. I learned this from John Cheplak on a coaching call. I used to say, um, we don't sell, we don't sell people. We help people. That's what we do. Our focus every single day here is to help people. But I've recently changed that. Thanks to John Sheplak. He said, Matt, people don't need help in this marketplace. Buyers and sellers don't need your help in this marketplace. They need your leadership. They need you to lead them and guide them through the process. So be a leader, be the guide, help them build the plan. You drive the bus, you be in charge. So what works better for you tomorrow at two or three? Alternative choice, close. That's number one. Number two, any objection, someone give me an objection. Someone in the chat, give me an objection you're hearing right now in the marketplace. What's an objection you're hearing right now that is preventing them from setting an appointment with you, going to look at houses, listing their home? What's an objection that you're hearing right now? Don't be shy, share it in the chat. Everyone's shy. <laughs> I don't know where I'll go. You don't know where you'll go. Hey, Gina, that's exactly why we should meet. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in your same situation right now that don't know where they're going to go. That's exactly why we should meet so we can build a plan and help you make that decision. What works better for you tomorrow at two or three? We got one in the chat waiting for prices to come down. Hey, completely understand. Who was that? Lisa, Lisa, completely understand you're waiting for prices to come down. That's exactly why we should meet tomorrow at two. You're disarming the whole argument. People think objections are they're, they're trying to fight against you. Just jump on their side of the fence. Hey, I understand you're waiting for prices to come down. That's exactly why we should meet. So we can discuss that further. You disarm them. Anytime you get an objection where agents go wrong is they think that they are now, well, I have to be right and they're wrong. I have two rules in prospecting. Number one, you never tell the prospect no. Number two, you never tell the prospect no. Right? And so you have to make sure that you are on their side and you are there to help and guide them. So anything that happens, any objection you get, that's exactly why we should meet. It disarms them completely. Sounds simple, but try it. It's magic. It completely disarms them. It throws them off guard. And now you can set up the appointment to provide them value. 
Number three. This is my favorite. It's a little off the wall, but it works. You get any objection, you get any pe people that are, so let's say that um, I'll role play with, with Lisa's objection. You're waiting for prices to come down. I say, hey, that's exactly why we should meet. She gives me another objection. I try to overcome it. I get another objection. She's just giving me pushback. She's not ready to meet. This opening line, again, it disarms them so you can have a conversation. Most people don't handle objections properly because they're trying to be argumentative or they're trying to prove their point to the other person. In reality, what you want them to do is realize that you're trying to help them. And so it's, it's super simple. It's called the would it be crazy close. So Gina, would it be crazy if we met tomorrow to help build a plan to talk about when prices may come down? Would it be crazy? Well, sure. <laughs> would it be crazy if we did? Right? Like, so um, I got that from Coach Pipes and he was, I can't remember the exact story, but he was, I'll use my story because I don't want to butcher his. So um, he told a story and it was super funny. It was at a, he was at a, like a Lowe's or Home Depot or something and asking for, for something from the salesperson. And he used this because he was trying to sell them on getting a deal or getting a discount or something, right? Um, and so I thought I would try it. And so I was, <laughs> I was at, where was I? I think I was at Lowe's and I was getting, I was getting something from my backyard tools or something. I don't know. Um, and uh, I was, I thought, let me just try this. And so I asked the salesperson, said, would it be crazy if I got, would it be crazy if I got that for 10% discount? They're like, what? So would it be crazy if I just got 10% off of this? I don't remember what it was, a drill or something. I don't know. They're like, no, we give discounts all the time. I'm like, cool. Sounds good. I got a discount and I bought the tools. <laughs> but because I, I just asked, right? And so would it be crazy if we met? for a 15 minute strategy session to talk about the market, to build a plan, to help you make the decision on when you want to buy or sell real estate, right? So again, the three are alternative choice close. Number one, always you have to give them choices, but you control the narrative. Number two is whatever the objection is, you disarm them by saying, I completely understand. And that's exactly why we should meet. If you're waiting for prices to come down. That's exactly why we should meet. I have some exclusive market data I'd love to talk with you about, about when I think prices will come down. I want to help you get prepared for it. Does tomorrow at two or three work better for you? What, we ha what happens is as salespeople, we wait for them to set the appointment. You have to be on offense. You have to be proactive. Because ultimately, again, you have to believe it in your heart. Let's go back to the belief. You have to believe it in your heart that if I meet with these people for 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to add so much value to their life that I'm going to help them even if they decide not to buy or sell real estate, I'm going to make such an impact on their life. I'm going to help them through this very important process that is going to impact their life positively. So you have to do your homework. You have to be able to deliver. But once you have everything you can deliver, why are you not setting appointments? The appointment is where the magic happens. That's There's a stat. I think it's 78% of real estate or 78% of buyers work with the first real estate agent they meet in person. 78%. Mm -hmm. Why are we just trying to, well, you call me when you're ready. Let me send you listings. Guys, that's a hang up. Quit hanging up on your clients. I've said this from stages. I've said this multiple times on my podcast, and I, I still, it drives me insane when I hear it. Agents hang up on their clients way more than the clients hang up on them. There's two ways to end a phone call. You set an appointment to meet face-to-face -face via Zoom, or you set a follow-up appointment. An exact time. Awesome, Todd. I completely understand you're not ready to meet today. Um, I'm going to follow up with you next next Tuesday at three o'clock. I'll talk to you then, my friend. And then, hey, calling you, calling you back just like I said I would. And I have value to add to the conversation. Right? It's 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 a cycle, and that that builds that relationship. So now they're ready for it. And also, don't call in that follow up and say, "Hey, Todd, I'm just calling to follow up. Found anything you like? Let me know if you see anything." Right? That's don't do that. Um, and then the last close is, would it be crazy if? Would it be crazy if we sat down for a 15-minute strategy session? We can even do, do it via Zoom. Talk about the market, talk about your plan, and build a strategy uh, for you and your family to ultimately buy or sell real estate. Would it be crazy? I'm open tomorrow at two or three. Which works better for you? Awesome.
cool, I cool. love that. I, I haven't uh, I haven't used the objection one before. I'm going to start using that. I've used the you know is two or three better for you? You know that one, but yep. I love the objection one. And I think the other thing you said that was be prepared. So you have to have you know you have to know what's going on in the market. You have to know what's what's going on in their neighborhood. I mean, because they're going to ask you, well, have you seen that house? So nothing else, just flip through it on the MLS before you talk to them. Yeah, so I, yes and no. I hear what you're saying and I agree with it, but there's, there's, there's another nuance that I think some people miss. What is more important? The what or the why? Agents, agents get stuck in trying to find that perfect property or that perfect neighborhood, or I need to be the expert at all of these details in this home or in this neighborhood. Yes, it's important you know that. Please don't mistake anything I'm about to say to say you don't need to know those things because you absolutely do. That should go without saying. However, the motivation, the connection, the relationship why they are looking to buy or sell real estate is 10 times more important than what they're looking to buy or sell. Anybody that's on here that sold a property knows nobody knows what they want until they find it. That's very true. And also listening to them. Ask yes. the questions and listen. You have to provide way. Agents get stuck and where, the, where they don't think they provide value is because they either don't know their market data right? They don't know the neighborhood. They don't know those things. So it's a, it goes without saying you need to know those things. Gina is absolutely correct. But in addition to that, what is your value proposition? What do you have to provide to that buyer, to that seller above and beyond just knowing the numbers? What value do you provide? You have to get clear on the value you provide and be able to demonstrate it. Value unarticulated is value unappreciated. Unfortunately, real estate agents are rated right next to used car salesmen because we don't understand the importance of these things. If you're going to use, use these powers for good, not for evil. If you're going to use these closes, if you're going to use these things that you learned today to set more appointments, which you absolutely can, I need you to make sure that when you meet with them, you deliver and you help these people because they deserve it. They are trusting you with the biggest purchase or sale of their life. Don't let them down. Awesome. Man, that got me fired up. I'm ready to go make some calls. <laughs> so, so, Matt, I got a question for you since you talked about going to make some phone calls. Um, and when you're when you're teaching your team to make those phone calls for follow up or for prospecting. Well, yes, did you hear that? Yeah. You hear that thunder? Holy cow. Um, my question to you is, is your team, are they just kind of hanging out, laying on, sitting on a couch, relaxing, or they sitting at their desk, or are they standing up? How are, what are, what is their posture when they're making those phone calls? Or maybe that's a topic for another day. Yeah, I think we should, uh, I think we should talk about that. I think we should add that as a, uh, maybe go through some of the stuff that we learned at an event um, about the, rule, <laughs> the rules of, the rules of role play. And what, what you we learn stuff at an event, you mean yeah. you learn things at an event? Yeah. How does that happen? I think I think we should add that for next week. I think we should share that. Um, but I, I think I know where you're going there. Body language is everything. There's a reason smile and dial has been around for years, right? That that energy energy is transferable through the phone, face to face, etc. You have to make sure that you are excited. You're willing to help. You want to help. People want to work with excited people. People don't want to work with people that are down in the dumps. And well, I guess we can meet tomorrow, right? Like you got to be excited to help them. And so your energy transfers. And so it's it's so crucial. I think there's a lot that we can unpack there too, for sure. I love that. Awesome. You guys have anything else to add? I don't think so. We're going to have a storm here. Hopefully we won't. We may be losing internet here in a minute. <laughs> Todd's going to have to pack up from the beach, get that umbrella. I got to get my stuff, go to the car. <laughs> no more sunshine. Awesome. Guys, well, I hope you guys got value from this. If you're listening, if you, again, please reach out to Todd, to Gina, to myself. We're here to help. We're doing this to give back. Um, I'm blessed to have amazing business partners in this amazing company, EXP Realty, that is Todd, like Todd and Gina, like Leah, who wasn't able to make it today, and so many other people across the country that really helps us skip steps and really helps us build each other's businesses and really take things to the next level. And so if you got any value today, um, 
All I ask is you come back again next week because we're going to deliver more value. Share it with a friend. We're doing this to help to give back. And if you're curious about maybe what a partnership looks like, what, what value we could do to help, please reach out to one of us. Um, 100% hassle-free. We just we just want to help and give back. And even if it's not for you, it's still worth our time to have that conversation to see, see if maybe we can help you um, in your business.